Today on the Marvel Cinematic Universe Podcast, we are discussing What If, Season 1, Episode 3, What If the World Lost Its Mightiest Heroes? All that and more of this, we have no control over. Welcome to the Marvel Cinematic Universe Podcast. My name is Matthew Carroll. And I'm Jeff Randall. And joining us for our What If Reaction cast... Jay, Scotty, St. Clair, how you doing, buddy? Doing great, doing great. Thanks for having me back. I'm excited to discuss what I find to be the most exciting entry of What If Yet. Really? Yeah, interesting. I I would agree. You know, it's funny, we did our What If We What If episode where we what ifed. What ifed? Um, <laughs> and I think I follow what you're trying to say there. <laughs> Uh, yeah, we made up our own versions of what if, and like, right. this one danced really close to a couple of ours because a couple of ours were like, what if they lost the Battle of New York? Uh, was, uh, yep. right. was, uh, uh, Dylan's, and then, uh, yeah. mine was, yeah. mine was, <laughs> I, okay, spoiler alert, we're getting into this episode. The entire time, you know, they had this mystery of what's going on, you know? And sure. I, my, mm-hmm. my, uh, my what if had been, what if, uh, Black Widow is Hydra? Which I knew wasn't the case here, but I thought half the time, what if Coulson was Hydra was what we were getting. Because, like, Coulson happened to be in all the places, and they talked about Senator Pierce. I was like, are they doing the Hydra thing where Hydra destroys the Avengers? And this, like, if Coulson was part of it, that's what I thought was going on for a a good chunk of time. You know good and well Coulson wouldn't do that. He's such a fanboy of Steve Rogers. Yeah, he's too, too too much a lover of Steve. Which... I we we have finally confirmed they're not all in the same universe. First time, our first yeah, piece of true. information was when he uncovers the shield and it's the Captain America shield. That's the first right. time that these three episodes couldn't have existed in the same universe. Good catch. Yeah, yeah. It's um. I mean, I figured it was all going to be separate universes because you know multiverse is a thing we just had that question a bunch from listeners so i've been kind of keeping an eye on like are there any problems and so far there was nothing but we lost all of the the six og avengers now right yeah they're all dead they're all in coffins what if these all turn into zombies Mm, yeah good call and this becomes the zombie verse well, then something would have to happen to Steve because we know in the promotional material we they've been using that zombie cap quite a bit. Yep. So Steve goes to fight him and gets turned. Right. Ooh. Well, if the first five Avengers are all zombies, those are some pretty powerful zombies, you know? It really is. <laughs> but yeah, See, I, it, we, it's confirmed it's all different universes. We already knew from promotional stuff that like... Uh, like the, the director said that there's four different versions of T'Challa. So like, we know that those are going to be four different universes, at least unless they're lying to us, which I don't mind as we all know. I think you have, uh, you've asked them to do that a couple of times, many times (laughs) per week (laughs) for a while. So scoots, you said, uh, I keep calling you that. So Scotty, um, you said that this was, uh, you feel is the the most interesting episode entry into the what if franchise. I'm not Thus, sure. I, I I'm not sure. I agree. Okay. Um, just this episode for me, for, for me personally was kind of like, it was too tongue in cheek, 
I guess. Okay. Interesting, interesting. Interesting. Because every... Hmm. How do I put it? Like, there were so many references to uh, the original Avengers. All the lines were said over again, but in a different context. And, sure. Like, the, you know, the, the lines from the original... Yeah, uh, not even just the original Avengers, but like the the Phase One, just in general. Oh yeah, um, for sure. It felt like those those lines kept getting reused over and over and over and over and over again, and I I don't like that so much. Like it was a it was nice to have a callback, but like you're showing me the characters on screen already. That's the callback. Like I don't need you to say the lines again. I'm freaking out that Thor is is on screen and everybody's calling him beautiful. Like that's hilarious. Uh, yeah, I, the, I like the, that. I like that, but yeah. I, I kind of disagree with you, Jeff. Like, I, what I loved about this is that they showed that, like, this is the same. Like, the certain lines are the same, but what was cool is they showed this same meeting of Tony Stark, but instead of being from Tony Stark's perspective, it's from inside the diner with Nat and Fury talking. So we got this inside conversation. Oh, right, right, inside the car. Yeah. So we got this conversation yeah. that, like, probably happened in the prime timeline, like that's the, probably the same conversation because it's before he died. So like we got to see this part of the scene that we never we never saw before. And the same thing with like uh Barton and Fury are talking about uh, talking over the hammer, and they're like as as they're waiting on Thor. It's like that's a scene that probably happened in the original uh, Thor movie, but False. just slightly no, different. Oh. Fury was never there. Oh, was Fury never there? Fury he was never there. He was. Oh, uh, okay. He's see, there like, because. Like those things of, of Fury, well, th- those things of of like Fury and Barton talking over the hammer. I like that. I like things like that where because you know this thing happened where Tony died. Well, that puts Fury more over here, and like right. he's more invested in what's going on he here. Can focus somewhere else. Right. I like those things. That was that was the cool part about it. It's just it felt like. There was too much winking at the audience with the okay. lines. Interesting. To really, like, it kept taking me out of it. See, to me, so, that just know? meant, like, this is the universe, and there's just starting to fracture. It's still the same, but a little different. Yeah, that, that gives me a little bit of clarity. I was going to ask uh, to you to specify on some of the lines, if it, w- if it was the ones that were beat for beat from those movies that, that we saw. Like, they highlighted Iron Man to the Incredible Hulk and Thor and the fact that those all took place within the same week. So I really appreciate the fact that these kind of lesser appreciated phase one movies got kind of celebrated, but you talk about like the repetition of lines. And that was actually one of my favorite things about the episode is like a lot of these lines we've heard over and over and over again and become endeared to, they were recontextualized. So like I jotted a couple of them down. Like one of my favorites is when, you know, the first time when Coulson and uh, Fury are, standing over Thor and they, you know, they mentioned the fact that he smells like lavender when he's rotting, which is hilarious. But uh, (laughs) Coulson says, we don't know what the connective tissue is unless you have any ideas. And then Fury says there was an idea. And just hearing that line, like that is Mm -hmm. definitely the winking and nodding you're talking about. But I I loved it. I ate it all up. I love that. He had already said there was an idea at least two other times in the episode by that point. Right. He never said it the exact same way though. He did. Did he? Okay. Yeah, he said it to Nat in the car on the way to to get Tony out of the donut. So right. there was an idea, and Nat's like, "Yeah, I get it. I get it." Okay. <laughs> well, see, that's what I liked. It's like the different context that line, like it was played for humor with Nat because she's like, "Yeah, I know. I've heard the speech." And then like 
for later when he says, do you have any ideas? And he's like, there was an idea. And it's like, like he doesn't communicate that to Colson, what he's even talking about. It's just like, it's almost like he's, de- he's been defeated. You know, the yeah. Avengers have been defeated. I loved that. Colson knows. Cause he told Colson specifically, like I wrote the speech. I know. Exactly. <laughs> I was going to say it all comes full circle. <laughs> like that's the only thing that kind of made it like it brought it back to being okay. And not like aggravating. I, I like, okay. I like that line being reused okay. because it's fury going with his speech over and over again. He's like, I haven't been able to say it. I haven't been able to, to get it out to any of these heroes to try to pull them into the thing. Like he's just practicing it over and over again. And like, that's fine. But like there, when, like for instance, when, uh, when the doors opened in the Culver university, um, closet and, and banner comes out and he's like, you know, there's no need for violence. Cause that's not really going to work out for everybody. I'm like, Oh right. God. Like, I remember that line. Yes, I know. He said that. He said that to Nat in the beginning of OG Avengers. Like, I get it. It just, it felt out of place. I don't know. Mm. Maybe I'm too attached. Maybe I'm too attached to the lines in in their original context. I'm like, I'm one of those toxic Star Wars fanboys now. (laughs) Where I'm like, I'm too attached to the original canon. I can't just, I can't let it be something else. I don't know. That's what's great about What If. Yeah, I agree. And I, I think, I think it's wonderful. I didn't have any problems with any of that. Um, and I agree with Jay Scotty. I think this is one of the coolest uses of the what if show so far. Jessica Mai in the chat said, when Natasha was in the transport van, how great would it have been for her to say, before we get started, does anyone want to get out? That's, I, was about I to thought say that, that was going to happen. They set it up perfectly. That would have been hilarious. They set it up perfectly. They did. That it would have been hilarious if it had her, if it had been her saying it instead of Cap and like the same situation. I, I thought she was going to say it for a second, but if she had said it, I would have had a real problem with it because that's mm. not who Black Widow is. Like Black Widow is you underestimate me so I can destroy you. Like that's like she uses her ability to be underestimated against her enemies. And like, right. so if she's sitting with a group of that many men and she says, anyone want to get out? That's just not who she, that's not how she plays those types of fights, generally speaking. Um, and even, even Rumlow says like, yeah, she can only punch people because they don't think she can or something like that. Yeah. Which yeah, is, they're not expecting it, which is not the case, but also it is and part of like, her stick. On somebody's face. <laughs> you you make a strong argument because I really did want to hear that line, but hearing you you break it down like that, I mean it, it's pretty apt considering you you, ha- you are writing an album or have written <laughs> an album on the character, right? Yes, I have been thinking a lot about that character, and, yeah. I, and it is one of the things that you know it, it ties her her appearance in Avengers is well her first appearance in Avengers is having letting that Russian guy who's interrogating her underestimate her, and then her right. big hero moment in Avengers is when she convinces Loki to underestimate her, and then like the big ending of Black Widow is her getting the big guy to underestimate her, like that's Definitely. using yeah. their own biases against them. To be able to leverage her power, and I and I, I I love that about her character. So if if she had been like, I don't know, I like this. She's like kind of playing coy. She's almost being flirtatious. She's like, how about we get some music going in here, guys? Eh? Yeah. <laughs> like, don't you think I'm kind of a cool girl you want to hang out with everybody? And then just kicking all their butts. 
Um, all the ass. I like the, there's a shot of a younger shield agent that like it cuts to his face and he looks almost affected. Like, like she's like, anybody want to play, put some music on? Huh? And it <laughs> cuts to like a younger shield agent, not as steely. And he's like, okay. he's like kind of smirks a little bit and then goes, no, no, I must, I must like reserve myself. <laughs> and so like, that's, funny. that's her getting under the skin of the men around her. And then she goes in, goes in to the physical fight, you know? Okay, cool, cool. Hmm. I still would have liked it if she said it. No, I do too. I, I thought she, I thought for sure she was going to. It felt very similar in that scene. I was like, is she going to do it? Yeah. But no. Now we've got the question, at, like in this verse, in, in the verse that has been presented to us, since we are out Thor, uh, Tony, Hulk, you know, etc. Uh, since we're out the, the five uh, original sons cap. Right. And we've got Captain Marvel that just showed up. You know, where's the fight? Um, what does that say, or what does that spell, I guess, for Hydra in their takeover? Or in their attempted coup? Like, what's going to happen now? Are they going to target Captain Marvel and she's just going to be like, ha 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 just destroy the ships <laughs> right. like it's nothing? That's going to play the Winter Soldier very differently. For sure. The thing we know about Hydra is that you cut off one head, two more grow in its place. So I imagine they would find a way to become infiltrated into Loki's forces once he initiates his Ooh. takeover. Oh, God. I had entirely forgotten about that. <laughs> forgot yeah. that Loki took over at the end. <laughs> yeah, I forgot that Loki was just like, everybody decided to be under my banner. And then it like shows all of his ships and it's like, oh, because you forced them to. Good. Right. Good. You you know where my mind immediately went? I was, I thought, what about Wakanda? Because like Wakanda would not willingly subject. And then I thought about it. This takes place back in 2010, 2012, which we know the events of, of Civil War. That is when Wakanda first like decided to like make those efforts to, to become integrated into the modern world for the first time. So, yep. Yeah. Yeah. I imagine Black Panther would still rise up. I still feel like, too, we, you know, we know that Kraglin's ship or whatever could, like, detect all the vibranium. I've got to imagine the Asgardians can, like, detect all that vibranium, oh, right? Doubt, and then yeah. they'll, they'll, like, yeah. go there, even if they don't know it's Wakanda. Like, they'll find Wakanda, I feel like. Um, well, this just know. feeds back into what me and Jeff were saying about that first episode with Captain Carter. We want to see all the what ifs of every single yes, scene I, that we got. We got <laughs> we got to go down all the rabbit holes. I need the whole universe. Like, give it to me all. We know they've already said they're going to do a Captain Carter sequel in the in the right. season two. So, like, who's to say they won't do more sequels? Yeah. I would, I would almost be up for an entire run of sequels. Like, do an entire season two that's a sequel to every episode. Like, I would In be order, down with that. Yeah. 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 And then, you know, you could do, or, you know, ones oh, that people are interested in, do the sequels, but also introduce new ideas too. I just, I, I love this, I love this show. I love this concept. We couldn't have an episode two sequel. Yeah. Right. Right. Cause Chala. That's true. Chadwick's past. No, we ex we explore what happens to Peter. Yeah, exactly. Explore what ego and what happens to ego and Quill in the other side of the world. And Zardu Hasselfrau. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Zardu. Zardu Hasselfrau. Um. Anyway, so this episode, I felt like it jumped around a lot. You know, more so than the other ones. 
it's significantly it was, shorter, so it just feels, and it's packing three movies into one what if. So yeah, true, true. Yeah. Like holy crap, let's get going. You know, we're we're going. It's yeah. um, it, it was it was quick. It was. Yeah. I, I, I again still loved it, but honestly, I kind of needed like a prequel of this one though. Like, I need a prequel to right. show me why Hope Van Dyne joined Ooh. S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah. I love that they kept that a secret till the end. Like, this this yes. was a mystery, unlike the others. Exactly. The, the first one was this, like, very straightforward adventure story with Captain Carter. The second was a heist movie where they're, like... Uh, they're, they're stealing this stuff from, uh, the collector. And it's even like right. they double back and triple cross. Like it's, it's a heist movie. And sure. this is a mystery Classic story. Star Lord. <laughs> <laughs> this is a mystery story. Uh, and it yeah. waits till the very end for, to reveal. And the reveal is what is the decision that caused this sp- split universe? The other two exactly. episodes have started with Uatu going, here's the decision. And right. this yeah. one, we don't get to know till the, the end that it's the fact that Hope joined S.H.I.E.L.D. after her mother's death, uh, yeah. kind of in response to her mother's death. Yeah, and that's one of the things I love the most about the episode. In addition to this being like the first time we talked about promotional material beforehand, kind of giving some things away, this is the first one that I went into not knowing what the scenario was going to be at all. And it ended up being a double mystery. Not only is it this whodunit murder mystery, but it is just like you said, they waited to hold off the question. So the whole time... Yeah, we were presented with what if the Earth's Mightiest Heroes fell, but it really was, like you said, it is what if Hope Van Dyne decided to become a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent and her father, Hank Pym, had not been quite as protective as he was. Like, what is the fallout of that? And mm. whew, It was gripping, man. Yeah. Michael yeah. Douglas with those wiry eyebrows. Right. <sighs> and that was his voice, correct? That was absolutely his voice. Yeah. It was Michael Douglas, yeah. That's so good. The amount of emotion that man can put on a line and just, oh, it was, he's so good. He's such a good actor. Just like, like, yeah. Well, and just having him be like so unhinged and like, like, you know, really crazy and wanting to destroy. And really, that's not the first time Hank Pym's been turned into a villain in any uh, Marvel universe. But like, I love seeing it on screen with these actors that we know and love, like, uh, Michael Douglas actually getting to read those lines where he's just full on going villain. Like that was fun, man. Yeah, it was. My heart really broke for him. I mean, initially he, they really set him up to be this kind of like cackling, almost laughable villain a little bit. But when you start to see like that, that heartbreak and even when he starts to get manipulated by Loki slash Nick Fury and they're laughing at him and he's just down there confused. I got echoes of like Spider-Man when he's being manipulated by Mysterio. Like I really oh, did God. feel for him there at the end. And then, he kind of has like that. It's not a full redemption, but he says, you know, if you really did care for hope, then honor her. And it's like, he does still have a little bit of trust and fury. It's like, if you, if you say what you mean and you cared about her, then honor her. So I have no idea what the Asgardians are going to do to him. (laughs) Yeah. It disappoints me though, that hope was not honored at least to his satisfaction. True. Because you know, he's, if he's, if he's doing all of this to, to kill the Avengers, then like there's something something went sideways and i just i feel like i don't know i i feel like hope would be more honored but that's like i'm biased in favor of the hope that i know which is from ant-man and the wasp and the you know the first ant-man movie so like i didn't know her you know whenever she went to go and and be an agent of shield i didn't know her then and again 
I need a prologue to this so that I can know her. Cut the check, Marvel. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah, I would. I would love to know more. Um, but I, I, I also just love this as a standalone episode, and like it being the mystery that it is is just super, super fun. And yeah. like, th- I did not expect this to end with Loki winning. Um, I don't know why. I don't know why I didn't expect when I saw Loki show up that this was the episode where he takes the, over the UN and everything. Um, because I guess I thought that UN takeover wouldn't be how an episode would end. It would be like the middle and then there would be an arc of how to stop him. But this is okay. like a great way to end this. This is like kind of like an Empire Strikes Back moment, like that, that cliffhanger ending. Well, yeah, there was nobody to stop him. The people that did stop him originally weren't there to do it. Yeah. So, of course, he was just going to walk into it. Mm -hmm. But now Captain Marvel's going to show up and bash his face in. (laughs) Yeah. And we talked about that whole line about it. There was an idea, and that's what really gets driven home there at the end. Like, that's what Nick Fury says. That's what the Avengers are at the end of the day. They're that idea that when the hour gets the darkest, (laughs) like, we will look for and we will find those heroes that will rise and and face that challenge, which, at the end of the day, that's that's what the MCU is all about. Well, yeah. you had you bring up a great point. Like we were talking earlier about that, whether that there was an idea line was good or not, and whether it were like. But the thing is, they're introducing that and they're driving it home. So at the end, he can make that broader point. Like they they use it as sort of the trope, and then they use it as this sort of defeated line where he's like, "There was an idea," and it's like mm-hmm. it's over. And then at the end, he talks about how it is an idea, and that's yeah. why it persists, and that's yeah. really beautiful. What are ideas, but themes persisting <laughs> no. that could have been executed better i'm sorry that could have i'll see myself out that's a great place to end it <laughs> i need my Just redemption i need my redemption <laughs> a couple of my favorite lines was things like uh it's an accurate description sir he's gorgeous <laughs> yeah <laughs> he smells like lavender uh, colson yeah. stole the show here which is one of the reasons i thought he might be the like the 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 key at the end. I thought he might be the Hydra agent. And I was like watching, I was like, wait, someone that they even said someone on the inside knows what's going on. And I was like, still could be though. He still could be sure because shield is still around and the Asgardians are in charge. Somebody has to rise up against the Asgardians. Might as well be Hydra. Save us all. Yeah, that's exactly the, my, that was my story. (laughs) (laughs) One thing I wanted to bring up, uh, I noticed in this episode when we got a lot of scene transitions, we actually saw Owatu like on the skyline yes. and the horizon. Oh, yes. I think that's the first time this has started to happen. So I think it's kind of almost leading credence to that fact that he may start to get more involved, which is well, really cool. That shot of him over the desert with the car. Yeah. That was like was amazing. It was an amazing shot. It was almost as if it were a uh, like indie film. Like the Ooh, way yeah, it was framed cool. and stuff. Yeah. And then they also had him above the uh the graveyard as as the camera panned down to hope's grave yeah in san mm-hmm. francisco right yeah, yeah. With the fog yeah it's really he really, really cool. like did did that shot give you uh celestial vibes like the golden celestial vibes from eternals uh Matt? it did i guess i did not notice it but yeah like being in san francisco and like a big dude standing there well it, no, it was like it was a park 
under the Golden Gate Bridge, right? Which and is like giant figures in the comic, right there. In, in the comic book we we uh, covered on the Eternals for the patrons a while back. Uh, yeah, that's exactly what happens. There's a celestial standing in that Golden Gate Park. Um, so yeah, that could have cool. been a reference. I like that. Of course, they live in uh, San Francisco. That makes sense. Um, <laughs> I also a line I also really liked is uh, when uh, Loki asked him to kneel. He's like. We don't really do that. We here. don't do that here. <laughs> Which is exactly what T'Challa said. Yeah, right, right. That's right. A, that was wonderful. But from the opposite perspective, like the king saying, "We yep. don't do that here," and then right. Nick Fury's like, "We don't really do that here, not in America." <laughs> See, uh, that was a good reuse of the line. Agree. I, I like that in that it was a different character who got to say the line in uh, in a in a context that made sense, and it felt like. Like, that one didn't feel out of place. I think it was just how the other ones felt forced. Yeah. And maybe, I don't know, maybe it was the, the voice actors, I don't know. I don't know. Okay. Something about them was off for me. Okay. Yeah. Jeff, if, if you like that one, what did you think about this one from Natasha? Move or I'll make you move. Ooh, that was what the Dora Milaje member said. Was that Ayo? Correct. In, in Civil War. Yeah, in, in Civil, Civil War, War says it to her. Right, yeah. correct. In Civil War, she got to use the line this time around. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That, that, I didn't even notice great. it on that one. God, <laughs> I'm struggling to remember who she said it to, but I wrote it down. Okay. That's it was super fun. Fairly early. Uh, in she oh, says it, it to, to Betty Brant. Mm, Isn't that her name? Nope. No, Betty Ross. Ross. Betty Ross. Betty Ross. Betty Brant's yeah. from what comic book? Spider Man. Spider Man. Thank you. Gosh. <laughs> too many, many buddies. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I really liked uh, the. Um, I, I think she says "space Vikings." Is that what she calls them? Or, that's what Fury, 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 that's calls, what Fury them? calls them. I love it. Right. So it show off. He's <laughs> like, what? "I'm facing th- three tanks, four snipers, and a battalion of men. What about you?" And he's like, "Space Vikings," and she says, "Show off." <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and I right after that, password. Yes, Steve, oh, yeah. Steve I heart Steve <laughs> underscore zero seven zero four zero seven zero four. Oh, God. that's right. That's his birthday. Independence Day. Yep. yep. Oh, that's good. That's real good. <laughs> Notice I didn't even notice the number. I gotta say, William Hurt, uh, his features lend surprisingly well to this animation style. Like he cut like a nice figure. I was like, that is very clearly. William Hurt. <laughs> nice. Yeah. I, I feel like I everybody looked like the, everybody. Uh, I didn't think yeah. ScarJo looked like ScarJo in this episode. Well, she changes looks so often. Agreed. I just didn't think her features <laughs> looked as much like ScarJo as the other characters did. Uh, Bruce yeah. Banner was hit or miss for me. There were some times where oh, he was really? really evoking Ruffalo, and then other times I thought it was kind of a little weird. Interesting. But, I thought he was really Ruffalo-y. <laughs> that's the thing, though. Like, the character at that point was still Norton. Right. right, right. Which is which was a weird but interesting choice. Yeah. <laughs> so, I don't... It, it felt weird, I guess, to hear Ruffalo's voice coming out of a Norton time frame Hulk or Banner, right, I guess. Right. It was definitely like, like a surprise when he walked out of the closet. I wasn't sure which one they were going to go with. Uh, I mean, I'm not too surprised because it makes more sense for them to stick with the one yeah, Hulk we like, know. Stick with, stick with the one that we have been using since 2012. Yeah. I, they it probably don't like even have rights best. to Edward Norton's appearance. 
Yeah. 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 Probably. And I was not. actually, that is that's the thing that worried. I wondered, I wondered when they, I thought ScarJo looked different. I, I thought that Black Widow did not look like ScarJo. I was wondering if they like did not get rights to her appearance. Um, because that, that's something that can happen with like animated yeah, versions. They have to be slightly different or if, if you with video games of characters, they often like will be slightly different. It doesn't look like Robert Downey Jr.'s Iron Man. It looks like, you know, he's still a guy with brown hair, but it'll be like a little bit different white guy with brown hair. <laughs> right, right. Um, a little bit different white guy. With I, I wrote down Hulk's death was absolutely brutal. And I also don't even understand how he died. Like it was really gross and scary. I didn't like it. His, the Hank threw one of the enlarging discs at his heart. Oh, right. is that what happened? Yeah, yeah. He was in his, he was in his bloodstream and threw a, an enlarging disc. At I his saw heart him throw something through his heart. I did not see that's what happened. Oh, that's disgusting. Yeah, <laughs> I am not happy about that. I'll, I'll uh, probably get some flack for this one, but I thought Hulk splat. Oh, explode! Um, I don't like it at all. It was all. rough. It was rough. Though. Until next time, truly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I have to mention the the the. The little bit of bit of time where we thought Fury was taking on Hank Pym by himself. Uh, when he just like oh, yeah. slaps him out of the air. I was like, like punches him and smacks him down, flips over him. The first time the I flip over him got me. Yeah, exactly. When the flip over happened, I was like, okay, it's Loki for sure. It's Loki. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, when he slapped him, I was like, okay, that could have been a lucky shot. Like you get one, you get one, you know, like one lucky you batted the, the ant man away. Or right. I guess is is a yellow jacket at this point. He's in like a yellow he's, jacket, he's yellow, yellow jacket, jacket. yeah, evoking yeah. suit. Yeah, um, so he smacks down, and I was like, okay, that that a human could do that once, and then he punches him and does something else. I'm like, nope, that's not a human. That's not Fury. Well, Scotty, would you do you think that that uh, that Hank being yellow jacket in that moment or in this episode is kind of um, a callback to Avengers: Earth's Mightiest Heroes? Oh yeah, with first his first appearance as Yellow Jacket in that one was where he was being a bad guy or a badish guy. Isn't that the Yellow sure. Jacket character though? Like in comics too, or is that, am, am I wrong? Yeah, it's a, I can't quote any particular runs, but uh, it's a pretty storied thing in, in Hank Pym's character that he takes up the mantle of Yellow Jacket. And sometimes he's can be classified as more of an antihero with less than savory tactics, and then there's other times where he's just a straight up deranged villain, like we saw here. But uh, yeah, Earth's Mightiest Heroes definitely has a does a great job of encapsulating like the classic Avengers story, including you know including Wasp and Ant Man early on in the proceedings, just like they did in the original comics. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh man. Uh, so the only other thing I have here is the uh, you're still pretty spry for a guy with a corner office. Like that that line is really well written, but delivered masterfully that's michael douglas i know yeah just beautiful he's he's an amazing person the line i wrote alongside it isn't nearly as eloquent but i did really appreciate the fact that samuel l jackson was given the opportunity to do what he does best and just like deliver a bunch of one-liners and during that fight i don't know if it was i guess it was supposed to be nick fury more so than loki but when uh hank pym said you didn't care about he's like i don't care about i don't give a damn about any of them yeah <laughs> yeah that was, was so good pretty great i was like excuse you oh i know what's going on here uh, hold on to your butts it took a minute it took a minute for me it took longer than matt i think 
Because I was like, what? He is pretty spry. Huh. <laughs> well, yeah. And when he said, I don't give a damn about any of them, I was like, oh, that's clear. That's definitely Loki. I was like, it's somebody oh, okay. else. And I was trying to figure out, like, could be a scroll. We saw the pager. I was like thinking that maybe. And then when he when he said, I don't give a damn about any of them, I was like, yeah, that's definitely Loki. Oh, okay. Yep. Okay. Um, I, uh, just, just to check with the chat, I'm going to read a couple uh, sight unseen comments here. We got Omer in the chat says, my initial thought for the episode was what if each Avenger was killed by his first villain? <laughs> oh God. Uh, so the episode opens on a quick montage of Tony crushed by Ironmonger, Thor by, uh, the armored, that armor dude and, uh, Steve by Red Skull. Yeah. That, that's pretty destroyer. Fun. Yeah. That's pretty fun. Court. OB says there was a lot more fill in the gaps going on. I had to feel like you'd have to know the relationships, personalities in order to get in. Yeah. I, I think that's very true about this episode. Yep. Um, this is this more than the others was like jump all over the place. You kind of have to know what's going on. You have to like be able to get certain reference points and stuff uh, to understand what's happening. Basically you have to be a listener to this podcast well, it's kind of what I said about the episode, too, and these particular movies that they decided to focus in on. A lot of times, they are lesser celebrated, and part of the reason I love them so much, especially Iron Man 2, it does so much world-building for the MCU. That's why it's such a, a ripe time period to to do something like this and mm. explore the, the rippling ramifications of what if. Well, I'm so... <laughs> Speaking of, like, the ramifications and all this connected stuff, like... Uh, this is a reference to Fury's Big Week, which is a comic book. Yeah, you know? it's the prelude comic to the Avengers. Yeah, mm. the, 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 there's a there's a comic book called Fury's Big Week, and it's it it shows that all three of these movies happen in the same week, and like oh, okay, that's and, and that's, that's why this yeah. that's why this episode was like Monday, Tuesday. Yeah, that's right. literally Wednesday. a reference to Fury's Big Week, like those those big. Uh, so that's so cool that this is a kind of a. This is a what if about that comic book, which is crazy. That's really cool. Yeah. That's awesome. Makes me want to go read that comic book all the more. Let's do it. Let's, Let's go do read it. it again right now. Right now. We'll see you guys later. We're not going to do trivia. We're just going to go read a yeah. comic book. Bye. <laughs> uh, no, we're about to go into trivia, but thank you guys for joining us. Um, Jay Scotty, throw, tell them where they can find your animation deliberation podcast, where you're covering what if right now. Yeah, if you're digging What If and animated action series are your things, join us every week where we do a more deep dive, comprehensive breakdown of these episodes of What If. It's myself, my co-host Suhair. We'll normally get one of the pandas of the Stranded Panda Network to appear with us, and it's just a lot of fun. This is a great time to be a fan of animated action content. So wherever you find your podcast, Animation Deliberations, the podcast that takes action animation and cartoons seriously, but not too seriously. Thanks for having me. Yeah, dude, thanks for being here. I've actually thinking about a lot about your cast and animation in general because like I think when COVID hit, movies were the first thing to go. Like because they oh, couldn't yeah. hit theaters. And so we had to live on TV shows that were already in the can. Like they kept yep. going for a little while longer. And then animation takes longer to produce. So all the stuff that had already been written and produced for animation is now hitting like it's now been animated and is now hitting the screens. So it's kind of funny. Right. Like we're going through kind of a revel, um, a renaissance of animation because there's just so many shows that are hitting that probably were started production before COVID started and all the shutdowns sort of like, we're just getting the rolling out content and we just hope that other things come back before we run out of animated things. 
Um, <laughs> <laughs> draw faster, draw faster. <laughs> yeah, you can all be done remotely. I mean, people can just you know do their their vocal performances and, and send those in, and then it's just up to the animators. It doesn't require to be on a set. And again, while I'm just talking about animation, it's one of my favorite things about animation is just your. It's only limited by the creator's imaginations. Like, yeah, the camera can go anywhere. You can embrace any kind of style. It's just, I, I love it so much. So. It's yep. great to see the Marvel Cinematic Universe embrace it. That is absolutely true. Absolutely true. Well, Jay Scotty, thank you for joining us, and we'll be back soon. Uh, if you have not yet voted and you get that email, go vote for us on the podcast awards. What's that link, Jeff? I mean, it's going to be in the email, but uh, that's true. Podcastawards.com. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, they should get an email. You, you can only vote if you if you nominated. So. They'll send if you've you an email. Been selected. If you've been selected in the nomination process. So uh <laughs> go vote for MCU cast in the TV and film. We cannot I cannot believe we've been uh selected for that. It's a huge honor. So thank you guys for nominating us. Well deserved. Thanks, Jay Scotty. Get your lips off my ass, Jay Scotty. Until next time, true believers. <laughs> <laughs> what if Matt said it? <laughs> Thank you for joining us for the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast. Available everywhere you get podcasts, and now a video version streaming live on twitch.tv slash strandedpandatv and available at youtube.com slash strandedpanda. And if you'd like to learn more about all of our other podcasts, geeky projects, and ways to support the network, visit strandedpanda.com. <laughs>